Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Sip on the go with a Starbucks iced shaken espresso. Our signature roast, shaken with ice, then finished with a splash of milk. Customize it to match your style on the Starbucks app. Make today a good day. Welcome to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute. I'm Megan Bailey from the future Bohemian Rhapsody Minute. And I'm Alice, and I'm a comic. Welcome back, both of you, for, I think, a final minute uh, for, for each of you. Yeah. Yeah? Go out with a bang, Lester Bangs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. That's the only joke I have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is minute 36, and it starts with William watching Penny and Russell leaving the room and ends with William and Ben Fong Torres discussing Stillwater. Um, So so the song is continuing to play here, but it it will fade. It fades out pretty quickly as we see. We don't exactly see them going into the room, do we? The, uh... We see the coat hung up. Yeah. We see the little, just a little. Uh... Her 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 coat that we very much know is hers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So she's yeah. in there, obviously, and it's very well inferred that uh, Russell would be in there with her, getting the ice, supposedly. <laughs> he falls her out of the room. So yeah. Getting ice. Yeah. That should that should become a that should become a, become a, a good uh, euphemism for for whatever they might be doing in there. Cause we really don't know. We don't have a, a clear uh, picture from this. Cause that's it sure as heck cuts away at that point. But um, so that, but that's where the uh, deleted scene comes in. So let's, uh, let's just dig into that first here right off the bat. That's, it's unusual to get the deleted or um, so far uh, doing this uh, movie this way. Um, the deleted scene. Uh, I, I normally kind of get to it more in the latter half of the minutes usually, but um just makes a lot more sense to go right into it. So, Plexia, let's let, actually let's talk about the little thing. I was I was really wanting to get to um, what Plexia is doing with William before we get to that part. Is she, she's kind of like preening preening him? Is that a good word? You think or you know? 
not quite grooming. I mean, there's a couple little pics we see of like maybe like you know a little piece of lint or something maybe I guess on his jacket, but she's just touching all over his jacket, and that 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 really leads you to believe, you know, the thing you I think you're you were mentioning yesterday, Alice, or last week, um, last minute, Alice, um, that he she seems to kind of be into him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's into anyone with a pulse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, and that that leads to one thing we'll see in this lead scene. So let's let's go into this after all at this point. Um, but it, but and as Plessy is saying, I'm just worried about people using her because she brings out the good side in everybody else. But what does he do for her? It kills me. Do you have any pot? <laughs> yeah. And William says, "No, not on me." <laughs> she says, "Do you smoke?" He says no, but or I, I grow it. Yeah, grow. <laughs> she says you're funny. Um, but then she continues with this really insulting thing. <laughs> if you were only taller and English and rich and a guitar player and older, <laughs> I guess she'd she'd be really into him then. <laughs> yeah, Instead of just exactly. a little light fawning over him. <laughs> yeah. And so he said, he, he is nice little reply to that. I'd, I'd be somebody else. That's true. Yeah. I, I want, so I wonder if they are kind of close in age in a way. This kind of made it yeah. come off as like, maybe she is like a, you know, 16, 17 year mm-hmm. old girl. Oh, definitely. I think so. Um, Plexi says, yeah, good point. And then Jeff Beebe, that's Jason Lee's character. Mm-hmm. Comes by and says to William, the enemy, you know, that's that's one more count of the enemy. I don't know if I, how well I'm doing on keeping track of that really in this, uh, in the going back and editing process, but uh, I'm going to Should have been a drinking game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, he says, I'm always around if you want to talk some more, because there's uh, already been the scenes where he was uh, talking. Um, Plexi says, William, bless me, father, for I may sin tonight. She goes with Jeff at that point, so that's that, and that's what we have throughout the rest of the movie. Right. That they seem to be an item, a couple, what have you, in the groupy <laughs> sense. Um, uh, she she's definitely uh, has attached herself at this from this point on, but we don't know that in the true theatrical cut that we're really covering here uh, in in this uh, in this show. Um, then we have. Then it does do the do the cut to not what we see, but to uh, inside the room. Well, and actually, I'm sorry. It's, it, Russell is is seen closing the door, and he seems to start kind of making some moves on Penny pretty quick. But she says, "How does it end?" And I think that's kind of like when she walks over and uh, puts that coat up. Um, but then it you know goes back into the room and and. Uh, she, she said, how does it end? He says, what? And she says, the story about the girl who dumps the guy who has the ex, ex-wife, calls her a hundred, okay, five times, and doesn't even leave a pass in San Diego. A, a backstage pass. Um, Wake up. I'm retired. I never believed you anyway. You're too good looking and too talented to be trusted, and everybody knows that. Russell says, you're retired like Frank Sinatra is retired. <laughs> um, Miss Penny Lane... Let me tell you what rock and roll will miss uh, the day that you truly retire. The way that you turn a hotel room into a home. 
which we kind of just saw, you know, that, that kind of, uh, way, way she entered and so forth. And, and, uh, um, the way that you pick up strays wherever you go, that's, that's William and, and probably some of the other band-aids, um, the way that you, you know, the words to every song, every song, especially the bad ones, mostly the bad ones, that green coat in the middle of summer, the real name that you won't reveal. I could keep on, keep going on, but my glass is full. She says, damn. And that's when they, when they, then they then kiss. Um, he, he says, come to Arizona. She says, never. He says, we leave Thursday morning at 9am and pack light this time. Hmm. Yeah. That maybe that would have showed, I hate to say it a bit too much romance, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Might, that might've been to kind of to, oh, I, I don't want to say it cause I love romance and romantic Seen so much, maybe that would have been too heavy-handed in their sort of will they or won't they, but probably will story. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been interesting to have a more concise version because <laughs> this is probably one of the longer ones. There's there's one huge long twelve minute long uh, uh, cut uh, that we've actually already or no wait uh, no it's coming up in, in a few minutes here, but um, yeah. But definitely, like I was saying, if if they had kept uh, the the little, you know, uh, Jeff and Plexia kind of starting to hook up, or you know, get to, you know to go off to an, another room and so forth. Um, but a little bit of the rest of that would have been interesting too, but not necessarily all of it. Well, I think I think that there would have also been more more dimensions to Penny Lane because I think I was reading somewhere about like movies that you watch kind of before you become a feminist and mm-hmm. that it's, that it's it, you know, that it's, it's very cool when you watch it, you know, back in 2000, but now you're kind of like, Oh, all these women are, you know, there's no character depth to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would, I mean, it probably would have been interesting in a sense to have some more depth into, you know, how she is, why she is, who she is, which which we, we do get a bit later. I mean, there was a lot of Kate Hudson crying and feeling deeply mm-hmm. about things later on, but, you know, this would have been a very interesting kind of depth to her. Yeah, an interesting idea, concept for a movie, I think, would be a more, a more from, the, from the women's point of view mm-hmm. um, and, and maybe like a prequel to see, you know, how penny got to where she is and at this point yeah i mean there are some you know i don't want to say there are no important women i mean william's mother definitely has a very strong Mm -hmm. character we don't you know we don't necessarily know you know why she is who she is and everything i mean we assume because his dad died i mean potentially a protectiveness i don't want to get too you know far out into a whole other thing but you know, yeah, just to have some more dimension to the female characters as they do to some of the rock stars. Yeah. Um, but as it is, you know, the way this, uh, like I said, we're, we, I chose to do this theatrical cut. and mm-hmm. It's just William staring <laughs> at, at, at conceiving what, what they might be doing in there. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty quick cut then to... Um, to William sitting in, in his bedroom typing and uh, the phone rings and, and, and the song has started playing this uh, Easy to Slip by Little Feet. 
and it's definitely I'm awfully sure I I had never heard it before this movie, and it's and it's a song I was mentioning last minute. Uh, we hear it kind of kind of at a at a decent volume at to start, but then uh, it definitely uh, fades down a bit in the mix with uh, a lot of the uh, back and forth dialogue that we get here. Um, but uh, Little Feet is you know I mean I I think I think they're just a uh, it seems like they're just a pretty uh, good middle America type band, a bit a bit southern, a little bit uh, supposedly, but also it's it's, inter- it's interesting to see that uh, at least on Wikipedia some of the genres uh, involve that there many 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 genres are listed, but some are uh, jazz uh, related, jazz rock and jazz funk. Is that Rain Wilson? Yes, that's right. We did Rain Wilson this minute, not talking, so he wasn't in, in the little script I gave you. But uh, but yeah, and he will talk later. That's for sure. I never I never realized that before. Mm-hmm. It's funny, and, and it's almost like he, he the the character he's playing is is like uh, Ben Fong Torres here. You know, they're yeah. they're both uh, real life uh, people, similar to Lester. Um, we don't we don't get a lot of real life people, at least that, that have that big of a roles. This is kind of a second second biggest role for someone that's that's a real person. Um, and this is the main point of contact that that you know William ends up, ends up having with Rolling Stone. Um, so he was almost from the almost so close to the very start of the magazine there in the uh, mid mid to late sixties, essentially um, 60, 66, 67 ish, I think. Um, uh, you know, he, he, he was, uh, you know, a head main writer, but then also editor pretty quick as well. And so, and so editors in their role, you know, also being a writer too, but, uh, in an editorial role, he's definitely out looking for people to, to add on, to become, uh, uh, possibly, uh, normal staff writers, what have you, or. Mm-hmm. Or one-offs, depending on how well they they do. Um, and William, or you know, really Cameron, <laughs> Cameron certainly ended up uh, going on and, and spending a fair amount of time at uh, Rolling Stone. Not 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 necessarily at it, but you know, writing for them. Uh, and Ben Fong, Ben Fong Torres is played by uh, the actor Terry Chen. Yeah, that is some some bad acting. I mm. oh. I don't. I just. I just didn't like his. I just didn't like his his acting in this. I don't know what there was. Just something off, and just. I, I mean, as simple as it gets, there was just something off in the way he was delivering his lines. I, I don't know. To, to me, it's almost like he's he's trying to sound cool. Yeah, <laughs> he's not necessarily all that cool, but himself. But mm-hmm. he certainly tries to play play the part. Yeah. I also just think it's hilarious, but also bizarre. The like, you know, hello, hello. Oh, you know, we want you to write for us. Hello. You know, like he just, yeah. was, you know, and it was like, he heard you before, man. Like suddenly going to a deep voice. <laughs> um, I mean, there, there is the one line, you know, and that's, that's kind of what I was getting at a moment ago was, is when he goes, voice of God, howling dogs, the spirit of rock and roll, <laughs> you know, it's, mm-hmm. It's seemingly, you know, I mean, he's seemingly quoting stuff that William has written. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, he, you know, he's, he's kind of 
showing this person that he doesn't know if they're really that legit. You know, he's trying to scope them out a bit, you know, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, And, but he's also, also trying to prove that he's also legit and has actually read his stuff and he's not like calling without having read anything. The respect is real. (laughs) Yeah. They have this this part where, you know, it's this, uh, you know, I, I think you should be writing for us any ideas. And William has this look around the room <laughs> um, and trying to come up with a quick answer. You know, it's like, I mean, well, I, I, you know, I mean, you must have had it written down on that yellow pad of paper, you know, Stillwater. So it's kind of, it's kind of on his mind. Was Stillwater a, a big band in this universe i guess i mean that's well I was in this like... universe as you know as what as what ben says back to him stillwater hard-working band makes yeah. good you know new new album out their third so they knew about them it wasn't like okay <laughs> you know it's 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 <clears throat> like the rolling stone knows about them that they're not yeah they're right struggling, yeah but oh, they're yeah. known yeah. yeah, they're not they're not that uh that underground, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. They've put out a couple albums and, and uh Yeah. What was William like writing in that it would even come across like Rolling Stone's desk though? That's that's interesting too. Well, yeah, I mean, well, that, okay, that not, goes back this to is not the age of the internet or anything. Yeah. Like I Googled you and uh... Well what what Ben says is we got a couple copies of your stories from yeah. the San Diego door. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and what we saw previously in the movie is that, uh, you know, he's been writing for his paper and then he talks with Lester and Lester gives him an assignment. Yeah. Um, now that was, you know, whether or not he truly completed that assignment properly or what have you is kind of really up in the air for me because, yeah. because I mean, he seemed like really he spent all his time with Stillwater and did he actually, did, did he, did he just, did he essentially, he, he probably didn't spend any time with any members of Black Sabbath. He probably didn't get that far in and probably wasn't able to um, mm-hmm. make inroads there. But I think the idea of, for, for journalists still today, um, rock, rock journalists, rock critics, is not necessarily to get to know the band so much, but just to just to go and, and see them perform and that's it and and or just listen to their albums and, and, and uh, singles, mm-hmm. what have you. But that and that's one of the big things that, that you know, appealed to, I think, Rolling Stone and, and uh, appealed, what was appealing about Cameron Crowe to Rolling Stone is that he was, one, this young, young kid, <laughs> 15, 16, 17 year old, as, as, he, as he aged a little bit while he, while he kept writing for them. But he would go, he would get in with the band and he would, he would just write these stories that, uh, you know, kind of was almost like, was almost like, you know, uh, real world or you know big brother or whatever whatever kind of uh uh reality tv shows you might be into um you might be familiar with but um you know yeah certainly at points there there's there's some uh fakiness to them but uh things that are put on and and other things that are kept quiet like drug usage or what have you or mm. or 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 uh sex with groupies and so forth <laughs> um yeah. Uh, under underage groupies um 
but uh, I think it's just this matter of of uh, this different style, and they were into into having someone. It was it was kind of almost like a middle road between that normal rock journalism that I was just talking about, and versus something they that they reference later on, uh, Hunter S. Thompson, mm-hmm. you know, the Gonzo journalist, the guy that actually really went <laughs> balls out and, and did these crazy things, um, uh, with whether it was whether it was rock bands or or this other other types of things like i mean if you've seen fear and loathing in las vegas it's this this whole dune buggy sequence that you know he goes and participates in and what have you yeah well apparently rain wilson was supposed to kind of be him in the movie which is interesting yeah and that's that that is what i was getting to a few minutes ago was that i mean he is based on a real person but it's not that you know, a, yeah. lot, a lot of people in in, in certain th- certain places on the online it certainly does say Oh, he's supposed to be at Hunter S. Thompson. Well, no, not exactly. There was an actual yeah. person that he was supposed to be. Mm. Although, I, I mean, I guess it kind of speaks to how did any journalism get around? I mean, before, you know, the social medias and the, mm-hmm. you know, the Google and all that stuff, too. I mean, you had to find out about each other somehow yeah. so well yeah and there, there's even there's a again something that's underground i mean it's not from the band perspective but from the journalism's perspective it's the the idea of zines you know that uh mm-hmm. are are very very inexpensively made <laughs> copied not 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 large production yeah. numbers yeah and, and then handed out you know you know from one fan to another really the, the the only other last big thing I'd like to mention is just uh, back to um, uh, Ben Fong Torres um, that uh, it's a little call out to uh, Watchmen Minute that he's almost like a half what we would call Canadian regular, um, at least these days, supposedly um, lately. Um, he, he he apparently splits his time between Los Angeles and Vancouver. And that was the that was uh, where uh, Watchmen was shot. And uh, so a lot of the lower level um, non non-leads or even half supporting uh character actors in that movie we we uh travis and i ended up calling uh canadian regulars mm. that just uh basically lived there and uh got work as as much as they could on a lot of a lot of the tv shows like smallville and stargate and yeah i'm like i'm, I'm actually i'm looking at, at terry chen's um filmography because i'm like mm-hmm. i feel like i Saw him somewhere, and I yeah, you, I, you've definitely seen him and things, but, but I uh, yeah. but, but I don't know what else. I mean, I wish I could, you know, I've I haven't seen Jessica Jones, but I mean, I I wish I could. Um, mm. yeah, I, and then I'm looking at like I I don't think I've seen anything that he's been in, but because I mean, there's there just aren't that many Asian actors out there, especially mainstream wise, and mm-hmm. you know, so I'm like, I must I must have seen him, but maybe not, maybe not. Yeah. Well, and, th- and this role is is on his, um, you know, if, 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 if you ever go to IMDb and look at it, at, at people's known fours, and it's usually like lists a listing of four movies slash TV shows, and uh, almost famous is is the fourth one listed there. Mm-hmm. Jessica Jones and House of Cards and The Expanse. Yes. The Expanse is vaguely familiar. He was in Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, no, no snakes for me. Thank you. Oh, stay away from that one. <laughs> it was in Chronicles of Riddick. That's a pretty good movie. I like that movie. Um, so is there anything else for either of you? Any other notes you've made, or just things that you're popping mm-hmm. in your head here? Not so, especially anything like 
to this minute. I'm trying to think. Um, the, the one last thing maybe I would have to say is something we see behind uh, Ben Fong Torres here in his, at his desk in his little office um, uh, that stands out the most. Uh, it's right there above his shoulder, an evening with Mike Nichols and Elaine May. And, uh, oh. They were, they were uh, a, a little duo comedy team way back in the day. And okay. I think Mike... And Mike Nichols ended up doing uh, becoming the uh, director, that too. Mm-hmm. Was William on the on the tour when he suggested Stillwater? I think so. No, yeah, that re- that hasn't happened yet. It's because it's because okay. that's how he's going to get on the tour here. Oh, um, okay. and that's where we get the scene in a couple in a minute or two. That uh, well, the, 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 the long de- deleted scene of about twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're listening to uh, "Stairway to Heaven," but it's all—you can only find it on YouTube. <laughs> uh, this scene. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay, so I think we can uh, go to Alice now. If we can get your uh, find out about how you, from your favorite personal viewpoint, you know, mm-hmm. not what you think what you think is the best band, but what just what your favorite is um, of the four bands, um, Almond Brothers Band, Eagles, Led Zeppelin, and Leonard Skinner that uh, are considered to make up the band Stillwater. You can go least favorite to favorite or vice versa. Um, let me see. I see Eagles. I'm going to pull them all out because I know like one song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the yep, thing. When you don't um, know, know much about a band, then that's probably going to yeah. make your estimation of them a little lower. Well, well, yeah, make- I mean, I mean, Eagles. I mean, they have my my favorite hotel, California. I mean, that's. I mean, there's more songs, but like, I. I mean, when I was eight years old, I. This is just a really weird story. But when I was eight years old, I was on vacation with my parents, obviously not by myself, <laughs> and I went to a, to a pub thing that they have there, and. You know, I'm this little kid, you know, I went to, it was like a karaoke thing. And so my, my dad tells me that they were looking through like, oh, you know, in sync, Britney Spears, what do you want to sing, little girl? And I'm like, Hotel California by the Eagles, you know, and I just, <laughs> this is what I sing. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I love that. I mean, they, they sing, what else? Desperado, of course. I'm trying to remember what else they do. Um, Which a woman? Oh yeah, that's, no. a, that's a Seinfeld. Oh, that guy—that yeah. guy looks just like that guy. That guy with the long hair looks just like Russell. That's interesting. In, in the Eagles, oh, in the Eagles, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah looking you no, know, I just—I just noticed. I'm like, whoa, yeah. yeah um, yeah, yeah. So they're good. Let's see. Who's the fourth one? You said Almond Brothers, Eagles, Leonard Skinnerd. And Led Zeppelin, oh, and they're kind of the odd ones out for the for the four, but there's yeah. you know I mean it's I think that's a good reason to. Are they? That, they're uh, all from the same time period. Why oh yeah, that's for like... sure. Oh yeah, I mean that huh. you know I mean each one at maybe kind of differing levels of success, a mm-hmm. bit at this point in seventy three, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So 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 Eagles, I would probably put. At the top, and then Led Zeppelin. I mean, 
I, I first heard Immigrant Song at, like, a sixth grade talent show. So that's why I like that one. Um, I mean, I, like, kind of know Stairway to Heaven a little bit. I don't know. It sounds like an 80s prom song or whatever. Yeah. But um, <laughs> from what I've heard, that it's, like, a prom theme for, for kids or it used to be. Um, I don't know where I put them. I feel like Led Zeppelin have had the most success though out of it all those bands i would say there just seems to be something more iconic um there almond brothers i don't really know what do they even sing i mean i've heard i've heard the names i know that one to two of them died someone just died this year yeah right yeah more recently that's for sure more recently yeah oh oh, yeah i don't know how much well that that, that was a big thing for them is when um (laughs) Uh, let's see. Uh, um, well, you know, and, and to answer the kind of go to the point of you know, like Russell being based off one of the two of them, may I more likely Dwayne mm-hmm. because Dwayne did a jumping off the roof into a pool <laughs> situation. So yeah, that's what <laughs> but, I keep back. Yeah, yeah. W- one of the two of them died. Uh, which one? I can't remember which one died. I mean, when they're really, I mean, right at the peak, you know, of their oh. popularity success. So it really, you know, it really threw them for the loop for a little bit, but uh, they they sure sure got back into it and were able to do more and, and even have offshoot bands like um, uh, uh, Dickie Betts, his his uh, side band, is very well known. And then for Leonard, at least amongst the more southern rock <laughs> side side of people. Yeah, and then for Leonard Skinner, I mean, I know the name Freebird. I mean, yeah, I think Freebird I heard it. Big one, yeah. Right, I mean, Sweet Home Alabama, for some reason I just saw that. That surprised me that that was their thing. Um, so I feel like kind of both on what I like and who maybe was most successful, I'd probably put Eagles on top and then Zeppelin and then Leonard Skinner and then Allman Brothers. Okay. That's what I would say. Or almond brothers, as I really want to call them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's we. Yeah, I just had that, and uh, just came out telling, telling you, telling behind the scenes of, of uh, when we're recording this, but just uh, one of the recent episodes, was <laughs> nicknamed was 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 titled Almond Brothers because that was uh, uh, as you both may know, Crystal Beth, or what she would call them as well. So it's not just one person that likes to call them Almond Brothers. <laughs> um. So, and both of you now can uh, go into more greater detail about uh, uh, your other projects. Um, we can go Megan first here. Yep. So, um, right now, I am mainly just acting and writing, um, but I am planning to do a Bohemian Rhapsody Minute. So, stay tuned for more about that. And if you want to find me on social media so you can stay up and up on that, um, feel free to connect with me on Facebook. Um, uh, or you can also find me on Instagram under a hummus sapien. It's a pun. So it's spelled like hummus, the food, (laughs) like the end of homo sapiens. So feel free to give me a follow on there as well. Yeah. So I have been guesting on a ton of podcasts. I've had a lot of fun watching 
new movies, listening to new music, like for the Weezer podcast. Um, so I guess not as much fun. No, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. That was, but, that was uh, a low rating you gave. <laughs> I gave I gave probably the lowest rating on the Weezer podcast. But um, but yeah, when we kind of doing a ton of things, I just um completed or it just came out a whole week of celebrating Monty Python. I believe that's mm-hmm. on seated.com. Yeah, so just I did all of the um or I was I was I was a guest on a podcast where we just did all of the, the movies and things like that. But I've watched different different scary movies, more more fun movies and, and kind of have a lot of that going on. So if you want to find out about anything, um you can obviously look me up on Facebook, Alice Lauren. Please message me first so I know where you heard me, my Twitter is Ali Mej, A-L-I-M-E-Z-H. Um, not a pun. I wish it was. But yeah, definitely follow me, talk to me, and let me know where you heard me. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, and, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and, for this show, uh, talk a little bit about real quick uh, um, that you can find us also on certainly Twitter and Instagram, both at Almost Famous Men. On Facebook, we're there too. Uh, Facebook.com slash Almost Famous Minute. And we have our group where you can come in and really, really get into some good discussions um, at the Band Aids Listener Society. Um, and then something I really don't think I've been talking too much um, throughout the earlier parts of this show, but um, we certainly do have an email where if you have something even more uh, uh, secretive in a sense you want to communicate to me uh, at uh, Almost Famous Minute at gmail.com is how you can reach me that way. And if you follow Almost Famous, you can, just like me, get one of the people who are in uh, Almost Famous to follow you on Twitter, which oh, is really bizarre. Cool. Yeah, as soon as you posted that I was going to be on, Zach Ward, who played the, what I think, legendary Red Dog, followed me on Twitter. So that's another incentive. Yeah, I feel like he, 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 yeah, he might have been, he's one of the few actors so far that have kind of followed me back. But I did get, Bye. well before the show even started... You know, mm-hmm. but I had the Twitter up and running. Um, Cameron Crow did uh, follow me back, but he's followed like two thousand people. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not a huge number, but it's also not a small number because comparatively, Watchmen Minute never had Zack Snyder follow it back, yeah. but he only follows like twenty people. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but uh, and then uh, finally uh, for this show, um, and and feels like these are both um, both both shows are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, where you can find a ton of uh, other great uh, rock and roll related uh, podcasts not ju- not just movies um much like feels like weezers doesn't have anything to do with movies but uh, there's there's some great ones um there um so i'm so i'm so glad to have uh had you had you both on for this past uh two and four four minutes and maybe sometime later in a movie if if there's something else you'd like to like to talk about in relation to it uh we still have uh plenty of openings in the latter half that's for sure yeah so thank you both so much and everyone should go check out their their stuff and uh we'll be back uh, next week with minute 37 and until then it's all happening it's all happening <laughs> i am a golden god
He's Lucas Hare. He's Carrie Shale. And this is a trailer for Is It Rolling Bob? Talking Dylan. We talk to interesting people like author Neil Gaiman. Dylan is always more omnipresent than you believe. Part three of American Gods is called This Moment of the Storm. And of course, it's a hard rain's gonna fall is, is another way of saying that. Singer Billy Bragg. I went to Hammersmith Odeon with Chrissy Hind and she totally spoiled the whole evening for me by going backstage beforehand and coming and saying to me, you must come back and say hello to Bob afterwards. He'd love to meet you. So I spent the entire gig thinking to myself, what am I going to say to Bob Dylan that, is, that doesn't sound like, hello, Bob, I really like your records. So I ran away. <laughs> Actor David Morrissey. Their stories, they are all, you know, you sit there and you think, God, this is taking me on a journey, not just by uh, each track, but each album is mm. such a chapter in a life. Singer Barb Junger. And suddenly, something in the song, you go, bing, you go, oh, yeah, that's today. That's the reality of the quality of his understanding of humanity, mm. that kind of, that really relentless gaze. The legendary Larry Ratso Sloman. And that's when I talked to him about Sad Eyed Lady. And I said, you know, Bob, I always wondered, you know, in the chorus, you say, my warehouse eyes, my Arabian drums. Do you mean eyes as a verb? Or is there a comma there's in two different <laughs> images? And Sarah goes, yeah, I've always wondered that too. <laughs> and, Bob, and Bob says, leave me alone, Ratso. <laughs> Writer David Hepworth. Honestly, the sweat was dripping off me because I was not getting very far. And you always think, I've got to get some quotes. I've got to get some lines or something. And you, of course, you can't get that out of Bob Dylan. It doesn't work like that. Mm. And the woman from the record company said to him, how's it going, Bob? And he says, I don't know. He keeps asking me questions. <laughs> and Dylan Authority. Michael Gray. What he's doing there, Dylan, is he's, he's breaking through the sort of oleaginous smear of coast-to-coast -coast important American television. And he's creating, he's busting through that and creating a live event, an authentic moment. Is it rolling, Bob? Talking Dylan. His voice is really warm. It's just that it ain't got no form. But it's just like a dead man's last pistol shot, baby. <laughs>